Well, hello and welcome back once again to In the Growth Space. My name is David McGlennon. I'm your host and growth coach. And I am once again grateful that you're back with us. And, you know, we've been having some really great conversations over the last few weeks. And and I have some great conversations that are recorded and, and upcoming for some upcoming podcast episodes. But today we have a conversation with one of my good friends, Shelly Brown. And, and she is uh, not only a, a good friend, but she is also releasing a new book title, Weird Girl Adventures. And, and we talk a little bit about the book, but she also talks about how to really embrace our weird. She has some really great thoughts and, and, and experience around her own personal growth and and really allowing yourself and and your own your people that are in your organization if you're the leader just to be their authentic selves she's funny she's witty she's got some really great insights on discovering your weird or your unique abilities and your uniqueness now listen to how she defines weird and what she has to say about it it is so good and, and I really think that in this episode, you're going to discover how your own unique weird, as, as Shelly talks about, can be used to, to serve others and, and to really help others to grow. I'm really excited for you to step into this, this episode and this conversation. So let's get into that right now. Well, Shelly, welcome to In the Growth Space podcast. Really excited to have you on today. Thanks, David. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you. Yeah, man, it's my pleasure. I can't wait to get into this conversation because you and I met on LinkedIn and we became fast friends and just, I really enjoyed your story and, and, and I've really seen your growth path over the past, you know, couple of years, I guess. And um, tell us a little bit about yourself. Hmm, gosh, where do I start? Well, I think the most relevant way to start is to share that I'm just like a lot of people, I spent decades in the corporate world and mm-hmm. felt very often like like a square peg in a round hole. And there were very few times during my career where I did feel like I was supported to be who I am and really thrived. Mm-hmm. And a couple of years ago, I decided to leave the corporate world after what I would consider my 19th nervous breakdown. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, total stress amygdala hijack stress. Like you, I was a I was an ultra athlete. And besides being a square peg in a round hole, my vertebrae collapsed. And oh my gosh, here with a chronic injury. So I started out worried. And then I got thrown into fight or flight. And that kind of affected me in my career. And I yeah. left the corporate world because I discovered mindfulness and and not in a sit near Lululemons cross-legged with your fingers like this, but more like being being the driver of my own awareness, which really yeah. helped, helped me, I mean, changed my life. So I decided that I wanted to learn how to bring that practice to other people in a way that made sense for me. So sure. around and I, I really focused on the events and hospitality industry where I'd come from. And then we all know after COVID. Yeah, (laughs) that was definitely a tough business to be in during COVID, right? (laughs) Yes, and still a tough business to be in. And I'm I'm praying for the renaissance for the meetings, travel and hospitality industry. But I did a what I would call a pirouette because nobody likes to use the overword P word. I know I'm with you. I love it. (laughs) 
I like the pirouette. I like that. I like that a lot. I mean, technically, it's a pirouette with a tergite because a pirouette is like spinning and coming right back to where you are. But a tergite involves movement. So <laughs> it's a pirouette with a tergite, technically speaking. I love it. I'm going to have to make sure that my my daughters listen to this episode because they're both dancers. And my oldest daughter was a ballerina, so she probably knows exactly what that is. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I retired that word. Yes, uh, that's that's great. I know you wrote a book that's coming out very, very soon. I'm kind of curious about like what was it that took you to writing and why become an author? Because that was something pretty new for you, wasn't it? Well, this, that's a great question. So my book comes out June 22nd, and I kind of call it the unhow-to book because it's really just the experience <laughs> of being a human being. And there's a lot okay. of books coming out right now by people like how to be a badass and how to, you know, do this better and that better and, you know, how to have your confidence and whatnot. And mine is not that. I had been mm. writing stories that were kind of observational for about yeah. a decade. And okay. interestingly enough, I was one person on LinkedIn, one person on Facebook, one person at work, one person in my personal life, and uh, not fully integrated anywhere. And mm. the pandemic actually gave me the opportunity to just completely integrate mm. and take all these stories, because there's such an emphasis on humanity now and, and allowing yeah. for humanity. And these stories are just what it's like being a human being. And they're just a little escape. And so the timing worked out for me to put this book together to share with the world so that people can look at it and be like, oh my gosh, she did not do that. I have totally thought that and she did it. Or, <laughs> you know, cry with me, laugh with me, laugh at me. It's just... Yeah. The experience of being human. Yeah, that's that's so cool. So the the title is Weird Girl Adventures. Is that what it is? Weird Girl Adventures. It's not a label. It's a lifestyle. I love it. I love it. Talk about that. Like, how did how did that weird girl or the weird part of the whole title? Where did that come from? And and where did you get that? I have a philosophy. And the philosophy is we are all weird, different weirding. <laughs> I'm saying the same dog, different paws. And I'm going to ask you this. Can you trace back to a moment in your life when you thought, oh my gosh, I am so weird? Yeah, yeah, I probably can. <laughs> and, and how old were you, do you think? Oh gosh, I was probably yeah, 13, maybe 12, 13. I don't know, something like that. And can you remember what it was that, that made you think, oh my God, you don't have to say it, but can you remember what? Yeah. Yeah, I can. Yeah, I can. Yeah, okay. for sure. So my philosophy is that we can all trace back to a moment where we decided we were weird because weird doesn't know it's weird until it's judged. Right? Yeah. So walk around going, God, I'm so weird. Oh my God, what is wrong with me? Until somebody else judges it. And then what mm -hmm. happens is some of us put that weird on like it's this itchy sweater, summer heat, and we've got this itchy sweater that says weird and, and we can't take it off. And so we can go around for years or decades wearing this sweater, this narrative mm. that we're just weird. Mm. And then other people are like, I'm weird. I'm going to let my freak flag fly. Right. Yeah. And then other people 
are like, I need to find something else to cover up this sweater so that nobody sees it. But when we allow our weird, and that means we don't have to embrace it, like it or love it, we stop resisting it, right? And resistance sucks. Yeah, yeah. Out of resistance in this place of neutrality, that's the starting point of possibility. We might be able to like it, love it, rock it, embrace Mm -hmm. it. But we can't go from resistance to love. It's like, okay, David, go run an Ironman if you haven't run 10 miles. Right. So how can we expect that from people? We forget that change is incremental, right? So everything is really, when I started allowing my weird, allowing myself to be me, it wasn't like, I love myself and I'm going to be me. It was stop hating yourself. Stop, you know, Mm. notice the noise and the language that you're using about yourself. Notice Mm -hmm. it, let it pass and allow what's there to be there. And then that is like the starting point of possibilities. Wow. That's really, that's really insightful. So it's really being able to first and foremost, notice our uniqueness and, and notice who we really are at our core. How do we do that practically and and then like extrapolate that to like our work and and how do we bring that to work how do we bring our true authentic selves to 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 work but also to just really to life that's such an interesting question and we are the ones that need to give our own selves the psychological safety because work talks about you know allowing individuality and and we all know that when people can be who they are they do their best work they right. well so from the context of work letting people be who they really are using their gifts and talents means what bottom line optimization, right? Yeah, right. We can't exclusively create that for other people. Mm. We have to, as individuals, have our own agency, allow our own agency and allow our own safety. And what that looks like for some people could be, you know, through mindfulness, noticing the crap and the judgment and the baggage that we're carrying in to wherever we go. And Mm -hmm. You know, we all come into job interviews presenting ourselves in the best way possible, mitigating the risk, any kind of risk of anything bad, right? Mm -hmm. So, and then what happens? We go into that workplace. Work is promising us this great environment where we have this awesome culture, where we can be ourselves, where we can fit in, where it's safe and blah, blah, blah. And they're not showing up the way they say they are, but neither are we. Mm. So it's a both and, and everybody is responsible for it. So for me, it meant means the practice of mindfulness and noticing my own judgment towards myself Mm. and having the courage to take the risks, knowing that if I don't risk being who I am in the context of work, that I am not going to perform at my best. It's That's, on both parts and, and, and risk and, and it's all of our responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it starts with, you said a word that I, and I know it comes from the mindfulness practice, but notice and, yeah. and being able to notice, speak into that for just a moment, because one of the things that I often will talk about with coaching clients is the ability to notice the stories that we tell ourselves in our head. And I, I'm curious how you begin that practice of noticing 
those those thoughts and those things that we tell ourselves at work relative to maybe it's imposter syndrome maybe it's just not being authentically who who we are yeah there's a so there's a lot of pieces to that because for me the practice of self-awareness is directly tied into the practice of mindfulness, like self-awareness is how you are actually being from the way you feel physically to the feeling tones, to the thoughts and to the behaviors. And so it's, it's, there's a little bit of, you know, the neural pathways and thought processes and how do we interrupt them? We have to really get close to those, to that whole entire process. Right. Mm -hmm. And the only way we can really do that is by giving ourselves space so that we can be observers of the way we make meaning of the way that we, that way that we think of the way that we behave. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it could be through meditation. It could be through other contemplative practices. It could be through, I love to use rock music when I invite people to the practice of mindfulness, like whatever your favorite rock song is, can you, hang your awareness on one instrument throughout the whole song, knowing that that instrument will always be there when you get lost, right? Yeah. It's strengthening that noticing muscle and it isn't magic. And it, I don't think it's, it's a sign. Like, what are you thinking? What are you thinking? It's, it's really this embodied practice. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. if it were that easy, we'd all have this sign in front of us that says, keep calm and carry on. And we'd be like, oh, <laughs> duh, you know? Right, right. <laughs> It's really, it's, it really is a practice. If you notice that you're not showing up in a way that's aligned with yourself and you are pretty in tune with your body, you're going to notice it inside of yourself. Yeah. yeah. And you're going to notice that it's a feeling that you don't prefer to feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 You know, I think it's interesting. You talk about a practice because, I mean, I think that like one of the practices that I use for my, for my own self is, is journaling. I yeah. love I love to be able to journal just to be able to like see where my thoughts are and what my thoughts where they're leading me and and what the feeling of my thoughts are and and that practice has really helped me to get in tune with I think my authentic self as well and so I I think that that's one practice or that's one way to be mindful and it slows my mind down because I handwrite my journal. There's something magical that goes between our, our, our mind and, and our hand. And by doing that, it slows me down and it allows me that time and that space to be able to actually think and, and notice those things. Because I think, I don't know about you, but I, I think that so oftentimes there are a lot of people that are just going 100 miles an hour mock two with their hair on fire and they're not willing to slow down to notice those things oh yeah not at all and you know this about me so i started out doing collage and then i also taught myself to draw during the pandemic so when i get into an overcrowded mind space i art really hard i draw to music but one of the things that you know we're talking about is is how to create that space and so something that i'm putting together in a keynote is using weird as an acronym. Oh, cool. So it's kind of the combination of all of us together and individually. So weird is welcoming. Like, are we welcoming our own selves? Are we welcoming the thoughts that we have? Are we welcoming our own authenticity? Because if we don't, how can we collectively do that? And are we doing Mm. that for each other? Are we welcoming others to be 
who they are, you know, and then, and then the E is, is engaging. How are we as a culture engaging individual point of view? Are Mm. we allowing, are we listening? Are we giving space for individual Mm -hmm. points of view? Right. And, and the I is, is intentional. I mean, Mm. that's, that's an obvious one. Is our intention to unite us with our differences rather than all our commonalities? Can we, mm-hmm. is there room for an I in us? So what's the intention with that? And the R is risk. What yeah. is the risk that you're willing to take to allow yourself to be you so that you don't compromise yourself? Because when you compromise yourself, you're not going to show up your, at your best. You're not going to perform at your best. And then on a collective level as an organization, what risks are we really willing to take so that if something doesn't look like what we think it should, are we okay with that? Or are we okay with both? Mm-hmm. And then it's dynamic and dynamic is mm-hmm. fluid and dynamic is energy. And it's, you know, are we as an individual, if, if we are offering our own lives, if we're authentic, are we allowing ourselves to shift and change dynamically? Mm. And then as an organization, can we be dynamic around individuality and creating a culture that is built on allowing individuals to be who they are? So, Gosh, I love that acronym. I, I, I love that the whole idea of really allowing each of us to be who we are because when when an organization does that, they become really so unique because of those people that make it up yeah. that it's it, it really is the ultimate competitive advantage if if I'm being honest because what that unique uh, set of human beings in that organization really creates the personality of the organization. I agree. One of the things that I think is stopping us is that there's a blame thing going on. Mm-hmm. You know, if if the culture's not providing it for me, the employee, then mm-hmm. they're not doing their part. And then if the employee is not performing, it's the on the employee. So there's a lot of blame going on when it's all mm-hmm. about when we all bear the responsibility for creating this. It can't just be leaders. It can't, you can create all the psychological safety in the world. If somebody doesn't allow it themselves, it's not going to matter. And I speak from truth. I speak from somebody who was a highly, highly stressed out employee who brought that into every situation and kept looking for the environment to fix me. Uh. I'm sorry, people, work is not your reparenting. It's not. Yeah. And so yeah. when we go into work expecting work to be our family to reparent us, mm-hmm. cannot put the blame. Like you know how people blame their mothers for everything. We <laughs> right. can't blame work for what we don't allow ourselves to be. Yeah. Wow, that's powerful. That really is powerful. How do we practically bring this into the workplace? Like how do leaders really create an environment that allows for this individuality and really allows for us to to take risks and to be okay with knowing that, you know, maybe we don't see eye to eye on certain things and maybe we're different how do we how do we practically do that <laughs> that's a really loaded question and and i think <laughs> one of the first things is courage our own yeah. 
leverage and what risks are we willing to take? And my last name's Brown, and I wish I was related to the other Brown who talks about vulnerability. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. Related to her. Right. So, you know, obviously there has to be some parameters because it is in the context of, of work and there mm-hmm. is an element of professionalism. Yeah. But in those confines, we need to look at ourselves from a self-awareness standpoint, not what others tell us about ourselves, but from our own standpoint of self-awareness and mm. know how we are showing up and seeing if we are willing to take risks at at being a human being at work, at mm. vulnerable at work, at being mindful leaders. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and and I think that starts with it starts with us. It starts with each individual, and each individual has to be able to take the time to get to know themselves, to become self aware. And I think that some of the practices that you're talking about, mindfulness and maybe journaling and and things like that, will help us to become better leaders. And then as we become better leaders and we're willing to step into the space where we do allow for individuality, that's going to create an environment and a culture of an organization that really allows for our our weird, as you say, or our individual weirdness, you know? Yeah, exactly. And it's so funny. I mean, if, if we asked people, hey, what do you consider to be weird? Everybody would have their own definition. Sure. Right? Yeah. And you could put a picture of somebody. I mean, we all thought that Lady Gaga was weird in her weight <laughs> dress. And right. what do we think of Lady Gaga now? Hope yeah. how she is like took the world by storm because we celebrate that. Yeah. You yeah. Know, the definition of weird, Merriam Webster is odd or fantastic. And yeah. We use that word weird all over the place and we use it for odd or isn't that weird? You are so weird. (laughs) So weird. And I have a TEDx that I'm doing date TBD called what if weird isn't weird. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. I define weird as the thoughts and the feelings that we believe separate us that are actually our greatest connection to others and that are actually how we can best serve one another. Oh, Shelly, that is amazing. I I love that. Say that again so that we we really get that because I think that that's really key. I love that. Thank you. So it's weird are the thoughts and feelings that we believe separate us that are actually our greatest connection to others. And better yet, they are what we can use to serve others. Gosh, that that is so cool. I think that I think the key to that is that the things that we believe separate us, right? And so it's those beliefs, those mistaken beliefs, or those uh, beliefs that really don't serve us, that we think that separate us, but really gives us the most opportunity to serve and to serve others. Exactly. And let me ask you a question. Sure. 13-year-old moment that you had. Yeah. Again, you don't have to say what it was. Yeah. Is there any element to that moment that you are now using Oh, is this to help others? Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. It's yeah, as you say that as and I'm thinking back, it it really is. I'm finding that 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 moment is actually kind of translated into who I am today. And and it's allowing me to be 
who really I authentically am. Because we allowed the thing that we thought separate us to be the thing that connects us, the thing that we use to serve others. Yeah, yeah, that's so good. Wow, that's that's powerful. That's powerful. So let me let me just challenge our listeners to think of that time when you can look back and just as as Shelly asked me, look back and that time that you thought you know you were weird or or that you had that moment that you felt like maybe you were separated or different, and and what is it that you can use from that? to be able to start to discover your own uniqueness and your own unique ability. Yeah. In fact, I have a feature on my Instagram and I feature three people a week, weird humans of the week. Okay. Yeah. And those questions, what is your weird? Yeah. How did you decide it was weird? How does it serve you? Yeah. And how does it serve others? Yeah. That's really interesting. You can always trace back. That that thing that you thought was so weird about yourself, it almost always ends up to be the way that that you can serve others or that you already do. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's interesting because as I think about it, I think that as I think about my own weird, my own uniqueness, I think that my uniqueness is that I have a, a sensitivity to others and I, I think I'm fairly empathetic. And for a, for a guy, for a man, I think that's a little bit different or that's a little bit weird. And I think that for a long time, I thought that that was something that was like, oh, my, I'm so weird. You know, I, I feel for other people and I have this feeling, guys aren't supposed to have that feeling, right? You know, so that's where I was, where my thought was. Yeah. But now as a, as a coach, as a facilitator, I'm able to really step into other people's you know, shoes and really be able to connect with people in a way that maybe somebody else can't. And so that's allowing me then to serve in in a way that I don't think I could have had I not been able to really discover that. Yeah. It's funny. I feel the same way with curiosity. Yeah. You know, being a really curious kid, I it was kind of weird. I was really kind of obsessed with trying to understand what it meant to be a woman, actually. Like, what mm. does this whole thing mean? I've got like this feminist mom and nobody else is a feminist where I live. <laughs> and it's so strange and I don't know what it means. And, you know, it, it's just interesting. And and, the, and my curiosity about like individuality and just people in general has, has served me too, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely has. Yeah. Well, I I know that you've done some speaking and uh, throughout the pandemic, I know that's been a little bit, you know, kind of on pause or at least it's not been in person, but what's next for you? Like as you launch this book, June 26th, I think you said it was June 22nd, as you launch the book, then are you, what's next? Are you, are you going to get back to some speaking now that, you know, the pandemic is kind of starting to open up some of those things? So yes, very much. That's my intention. I'm going to do the TEDx. Unfortunately, it's, it's going to be virtual because it is an international TEDx and no way to go there now, but I really want to serve in the corporate arena to really extend this message that individuality is the key to inclusivity and that it really mm-hmm. is all of our responsibility. So it's my intention to go wherever I'm needed to invite yeah. that message. Well, I love that. And I think going back to something maybe that we talked about a little bit earlier, it's just that 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 individuality is the strength of the organization. I think that that is, if you are a leader and you're listening to this right now, that is the strength of your organization. And so how can you be 
that facilitator for people to really discover who they really are and then utilize that to the best ability of the organization and for the best ability of that individual as well. I think that that's that's what as leaders we're you know we're supposed to do. We're supposed to be able to help people discover themselves and put them in the right place so that they can be fruitful and really be fulfilled. And give them resources to do so because people are not re-emerging and reintegrating into, everybody's going to feel weird, you know, depending on what the reintegration looks like. You know, it's weird to be around humans. It is. And then if you think about re-engaging or re-emerging into the world of work, even even partially together, everybody's weird. And they're also, they've had an opportunity for the last year and three months to be at home wearing pants, possibly or possibly not, (laughs) you know, being themselves with their kids on Zoom. And people will not, they're not going to, tolerate being in situations where where they can't because mm-hmm. they've had a whole year and three months to be able to be themselves. And yeah. again, it's in the context to work. And I'm not a proponent of, okay, there's no context here for it. Right. It's it's about co-creating that context so that there's well-being and there's performance. Yes, right. Well, and, and I'm sure that there are some leaders maybe that may be listening to this and are listening to this conversation who this is a really big shift for them. This is a really big thing for them to kind of shift their mind or and gra- you know, kind of get their mind around. What do you say to those leaders? How do you how do you help them to be able to kind of come on board? What's what's the best maybe first step for them? I think it's recognizing that we can have both. We can have the the what looks like us. We can have what, everything that we want that looks like us. But can we have something that looks different? And can it be both and? You know, mm, can we exist yeah. both and? Because we can't say we want something and then we invite it in and then we don't want it anymore because it doesn't look like A looks, B comes in, what we it doesn't think. look like it. So can it yeah. be both and, and and exploring those biases that we have when it comes to individuality and and knowing that our intention is a human one as well as an optimization one because mm-hmm. we can't have one without the other. I mean, that's just obvious. Yeah. Well, and and I so appreciate your framing of that of a both and because oftentimes we think of situations as binary. It's either this or that, but why not this and that? Mm-hmm. You know, being able to bring the two together and 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 having multiple you know options, so to speak. Yeah, no, I think that's really important. So it's really just challenging our biases, challenging the way we're looking at our people, looking at the way we're really leading our businesses as well and, and and allowing us to be able to have our individuality, but yet still be able to accomplish our mission. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that, Shelly. Well, Shelly, what's, uh, what's maybe like one thing that you want to tell us today that would just really help us to embrace our weird and to really, you know, embrace that uniqueness of ourselves? Any, any like last thought here for us today? Well, it's going to sound weird because I'm going to correct you. Okay. I don't think we can go from resisting to embracing. I think we forget that there is that everything we do to learn something new is incremental. Yeah. So if it is incremental, 
going from point A to point Z means, you know, that we have to go to B and maybe that B is the space of allowing and and not resisting before mm. we can get all the way to embrace or love or wherever we think we should be. Yeah. The last thing is remember the word that I'm going to tell you right now, which you've heard before is bullshit. Yeah. The space between where you are and where you think you should be is bullshit <laughs> and it causes should shaming. Yeah. So being where you are, and allowing where you are to be where you are will open up possibilities of moving forward. Gosh, Shelly, that's that's brilliant. It, it's exactly what we talk about here on the growth space is that that growth is incremental and it just, it's one step at a time. So thank you for bringing that in. Absolutely love that. Thank you for, for sharing time with me today and, and sharing this conversation with uh, the leaders that are listening and tell us how, how we can get in touch with you and tell us how... Uh, we get a hold of the book as well. <laughs> okay. So the book is really not like what we've been talking about here. It's I know. I know. Funny observational, like if Glennon Doyle, Irma Bombeck, and Lucille Ball got together and, and mixed up a cake, I'd come out. And they're just funny, short, little quirky stories because I don't, I think there's a lot of how-to books in the world. Anyway, it's on yeah. Amazon. Yeah. I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, I also have a website weirdgirladventures.com and I'm on Instagram as well. And hopefully you'll be seeing me splashed all over the place very soon. Yeah, absolutely. So, and uh, if you're on uh, LinkedIn, for sure, reach out to, to Shelly. That's how she and I met. Yes. And yeah, she, she's just an amazing human being. And, and I, I hope all of our listeners will check out your book because there are a lot of books on you know growth and how to, but there are not a lot of books like you've written with stories of life stories and just human. being able to human stories. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I, I know it'll be re- really refreshing and uh, it'll be a refreshing read for folks. So Shelly, thank you for being on today. Oh, thank you so much. It was my absolute pleasure. I hope that you enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. You know, there were so many great takeaways for me. And and one of the things that I think is so needed right now in just our community is just understanding and discovering our uniqueness. And it's discovering our weird, as as Shelly says. And, you know, it's not just to to be weird or it's to discover our unique ability just for our own and and our own purposes, but it's so that we can serve others. And I thought that was a a really unique perspective. And and I also loved the fact that that we can have a both and kind of a mindset that it's not just binary. It's not just this or that, but we can have this and that. That was really something I thought was a great takeaway as we really improve our mindset and build our growth. So be sure to go get Shelly's book, Weird Girl Adventures, and uh, connect with her on Instagram and uh, LinkedIn and uh, all of the social platforms. I I know you're going to really enjoy watching her growth and, and really getting into her book as well. Now, next week, I have the privilege of talking with another friend of mine who is a business owner and leader. He is a podcaster. He is a media person. And 
I'm really excited to have this conversation with him because he has grown so much and his company has grown so much over the past couple of years. And he's got a really great story. He's got some really great insights on growing a company. And um, you're not going to want to miss uh, my conversation with Rich Cardona. So be sure to, to subscribe if you're not subscribed and, and tune in next time so that you can hear that conversation with Rich. And until next time... Keep getting out of your comfort zone and stay in that growth space. Bye for now.